Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. And I was actually planning to, for this to be the last week, but as I began to study and as I began to look again at the subject, there was just so much, and I was like, you know, we don't have to rush through it because this is maybe just that important. How many believes that love is kind of important? Come on, love is very important, especially when they tell us it's love that makes the world go round. So last week we began to look at the vast subject of love. There is so much to it, but we tried to discover or look at certain truths that have to do with love. And in exposing or in studying or talking about truths, we also uncovered some very wrong ideas about love. Love is not an obsession. Come on, don't shout me down today. Wow. I said, love is not an obsession. And unfortunately, many times what we see around us today and even what we possess inside of us is perhaps not love God's way in its purest given sense. But that doesn't change the fact that there isn't real love out there to be found and that God is still not love. Last week, we looked at that scripture from 1 John 4 and verse 8. 1 John 4 and verse 8 tells us these words, that God is love. Not love is God. And that's very important to know, but the Bible tells us for God is love. Our world with its shallow and selfish views of love has turned these words around, thus contaminating our understanding of true love, God. What's happened is we make God appear to be what we've made God become. But that's not the truth. God is love. We've got to start at the beginning to discover where love is. But what we tend to do now is start at the end and try and work back to the beginning. The world thinks that love is what makes a person feel good. And that it's all right to sacrifice moral principles and others' rights in order to obtain such love. But we discovered last week, and we're going to discover again this week, that's not real love. That's not real love. In fact, it's the complete opposite because that's a selfish love. Well, we can read of in 1 Corinthians 13, 14 characteristics of what love really is. And not one thing is about self. But it's all about self-reaching out and touching and meeting the needs of those around. Yes, love is complicated. Yes, love can be confusing sometimes. But love can be basically summed up in one statement, and that is this. Love is a choice that is followed or accompanied with an action. Say that with me. Love is a choice that's followed by an action. 
Say that one more time. Love is a choice that is followed with an action. For the past two weeks now, I've been writing a devotion daily on a series entitled Love and Respect. And for the next two weeks, we're going to look at those two weeks of study and sum them up into two about 30-minute messages. And everyone in the house said, help him, Jesus. Because I believe in what we've covered over the last couple of weeks, and incidentally, if you are still not receiving emails, please grab a little flyer, a little card that Bishop's going to wave in the air right now. They are on the table on your way out. Grab those, fill them out, because we want to communicate with you on a weekly and maybe even a daily basis. So if you are not getting our emails, please fill out those cards. Because we believe over the last two weeks, we've covered so many incredible principles that need to be revisited again so we can apply them in our lives. They tell us the best form of learning is repetition. When you're at school, remember how they used to make you repeat as a child, like J-E-U-S, whatever that was, and all that kind of stuff. Thank you, Miss Roxanne. You just made my day because I thought I was the Heartsease worst speller. But I believe that I have found someone else. No, I'm playing. But I want you not to shut off because here's the tendency. When we start to talk about marriages or we start to talk about love in the sense of in a marriage relationship, many times those of you who are single tend to shut off. And I know there's many of you today because we've already honored you today. But believe me that what we're going to say over the next two weeks is just as vital, maybe even more vital to you than what it is to those who are already married. Because I have a sneaky suspicion that those of you who are single today one day desire to be married. Is that correct? Come on, don't shout me down now. I mean, well, at least one person wants to be married. So praise God. But it's better to know the right stuff in advance. Is that not true? It's better to know the right stuff in advance than to discover it when it's perhaps too late. And I believe that these principles and what we will share over the next couple of weeks will also help you in searching for Mr. Right and Mrs. Right. And will hopefully show you that Mr. Right and Mrs. Right is not just the offer that you have available now. So many times we look and say, I guess this is the best as I'm going to get. Don't ever settle in God. Don't settle. Say that with me. Don't settle. When God has the best, why would you want anything except the best? I actually have another gift for you all today, and I've got some people that are going to help me. Bishop, if you could perhaps go over that side. You're going to take care of this from the back. We want to give you all another gift. Wow, say Pastor P. You are full of gifts today. You are full of gifts today. I am going to give you all a snazzy pair of glasses today. They're not glasses, they're glasses. Glasses. As they're handing out the glasses to you and each one today, and everyone grab one, please. As I'm handing them out, or they are handing them out today, I want you to listen to some advice. Good advice. Someone sent this to me last week, and I liked it. It says, when looking for a future spouse, why not sit down and write out 20 important considerations? Those of you who are single, listen to me specifically. When you are looking for a spouse, why not sit down and write 20 important considerations? Some may be negotiable. Some may be non-negotiable. 
But this will help you to filter through everyone who comes across your pathway. So don't compromise what you're looking for. You've already said, this is what I want. Come on, don't compromise what you're looking for. And please believe me, he or she is out there. Say with me, I want Rachel. Don't want Leah. Poor Leah. Remember last week, Jacob, poor guy, wakes up and realizes he's married the wrong sister. We don't want to go through Leah to get to Rachel. We want God's best first. And we want God's best in our lives. Okay, I know that you are all itching to do it. Put on those glasses for a few moments. Come on, put on those glasses and look. Are you ready? I'm going to jump at you and see if I go 3D. You ready? I'm coming at you. Okay, wow, look at you. You're looking good. Turn to your neighbor and say, wow, you look like a dork. Okay, take them off. Keep them really nice and handy because throughout this message today, I'm going to be asking you to put on your glasses. And when I ask you to put on your glasses, we're going to have to follow some simple instructions together. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33. Ephesians 5 and verse 33. This passage is pretty cool. Beginning in verse 22, it deals with marriage. It deals with Christ and his church. And beginning in verse 22, and I don't have it on the screen, but trust me when I say this, a lot of guys like verse 22 because it says these words. It says, wives submit to your husbands. And all the guys said, amen. Amen. It goes on to say that the the wife or the husband is the head of the home. And all the guys shout, some of you guys were so scared to even say a word there. We see. We see. Some of you are thinking in your spirit, come on, pastor, preach that. We love that. Wives need to submit. We're the head of the home. But I think Miss D summed it up the best. The, the husband may be the head, but the wife's the neck. But hey, if we're going to preach verse 22, we're going to also have to preach verse 25. And you know what verse 25 says? Verse 25 of Ephesians 5 says these words. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Literally meaning dying. So if we want the submission part, we've also got to be willing to do the dying part. Come on. And all the ladies said, yeah. Okay. So guys, so often we want the submission, but without complete giving. Come on, we want the submission, but we're not prepared to give. In marriage, we've got to realize there's got to be give and there's got to be take. We've got to be able to give and we've got to be able to take. So in verse 33, it's been said that these are the last words that God spoke to the church in regards to marriage. This is his final address. And perhaps because it's the final words, perhaps there may be some of the most important words. Someone's on their deathbed and they say, come over here, I want to tell you something before I die. They're probably not going to tell you, I like McDonald's better than Burger King. (laughs) They're probably going to have something meaningful to say, knowing that these are perhaps their last words that they're going to be able to convey before they pass. Think of these words as God's last words in regards to marriage. How sacred, how important, how special they are. 
Verse 14, or point 14 on my notes, so it's actually verse 33, I'm sorry. It says, nevertheless, no matter what, it's what it says. Let each one of you, speaking to a husband and wife, a relationship situation, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let me read that again. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. In this passage of Scripture, the last words that Jesus has really penned through the Scriptures in regards to love and marriage, we see very important two truths. Love and respect. Can you see perhaps the reason why we have a problem? Because today we live in a love-dominated society. Very few cards, you'll go to Hallmark or wherever, will say, I really respect you. It's all about love. Was it the Beatles that sang, all you need is love? Is that the Beatles? That was before my time. Daryl, help me out here. All you need is love. Those crazy guys from Liverpool. They come from Liverpool, so they do. Okay, but they were crazy guys. All you need is love. But you know the sad thing is, as a society, as a culture, we've bought into that. That all we need in our marriages is love. If we could just have more love. Uh, Wives look at the husband. If you could just love me more. And, And the husbands, if you could just love me more. If you could just love, love, love. If we could just learn to love each. And the Bible says, hold on a second. Yes, it says love. But it also says there needs to be respect. And what we see from God's word is this, a woman needs love and a man needs respect. Come on, say that with me. A woman needs love and a man needs respect. We've got to remember that God made us, the Bible says, male and female. That means God made us different. He designed us that way. It wasn't a design malfunction when he made a woman. Only joking. Only joking. But God made man as a man. And God made woman as a woman. And because we are designed in different ways, we will discover that the needs of our lives are different. What we require, what we need is different. And that's okay. Since God made us this way, then obviously he had a plan and a purpose. Nothing God has ever done has, ha- has been with no plan and been with no purpose. Because God doesn't make mistakes. But what we will learn, I believe, is this. One of the purposes, perhaps, for God making us so different is because together we will complement each other. Together we will fully become one as we embrace our differences and realize our differences can become our greatest strengths. That we fulfill that missing part in each person. Put your glasses on for a second with me, can you? Put on those glasses. When you put on your glasses, I want you to close your right eye and tell me what color you see. Red or pink. Anyone with me? If you don't see it, then close the other eye. (laughs) So if you close your right eye, you will see pink. Now close your left eye. What do you see? Blue. 
or turquoise. Thank you for being awkward. Pink and blue. Okay, take them off. Can I present to you the fact today of what we call the pink and blue theory? The pink and blue theory. Women see life through pink glasses. They listen to life through pink hearing aids. And they speak through pink megaphones. So what are we saying today? We're saying that women see pink, women hear pink, and women speak pink. Great. Awesome. Fantastic. But then there's the men. As a man, we see through blue glasses. We hear through a blue hearing aid, and we speak through a blue megaphone. So we see blue, we hear blue, and we speak blue. Great! But put pink and blue together, and all of a sudden we're seeing things a little bit different. Do I hear an amen? We're hearing things A whole lot different. And sometimes we're speaking a language that the other does not even understand. For those of you who did not hear on CD, a lady shouted exactly. But here's the amazing thing. Here is the amazing thing. That believe it or not, we want the same things in life. Believe it or not, we want our marriages, our relationships to be blessed. We want to be able to treat each other in the right way. We'd be crazy to do anything else. We want peace in our homes. We want unity. We want our children to be brought up in a loving home. We want all these kind of things, but we just see it as pink. And we see it as blue. Say it with me. Not wrong. Just different. Come on, say it one more time. Not wrong. Just different. And this is why many of us in our relationships throw ourselves onto what we call the crazy cycle. I'm going to try and explain the crazy cycle to you today. Because on the top is the man, and on the bottom is the lady. So therefore, without love, the man, without him giving love, she reacts without respect. Okay? And without love, she reacts without respect. Or without love. Let me say that again, because I've really confused that. Without love, she reacts without respect, and without respect... He reacts without love. Can you see what begins to happen when the lady says, if only he would love me, and the guy's saying, hey, blue, if only she would respect me. She's saying, pink, if only he would love me. He's saying, blue, if only she would respect me. And what's happened is, when he doesn't feel respected, he's not going to give love. And when she doesn't feel loved, you better believe she ain't going to respect him. 
And what happens is we circle over and over and over and over and over again on what we call the crazy cycle. I don't want our marriages to live on the crazy cycle. God never intended us to beat each other up. God never intended us to be warring and fighting against each other. So therefore, there's a great need to first realize and accept this. We're different. Our needs are different. But secondly, we must also realize that we need to be willing to change. We need to be willing to learn. And how do we change? How do we learn? We don't want men to stop being men. We don't want women to stop being women. But we need to learn how to change, to decode what the pink is seeing when the blue is seeing something else. When the pink is hearing, when the blue is hearing something else. We need to learn how to decode Each other's actions and responses. You know, with us living in a love-dominated world, what it's done is it's tried to make men no longer men anymore. Come on, I'm not just saying this because I'm a man. It's true. Parents today, and particularly mothers, they're bringing up their young boys to be sissies instead of real men. Because they're just loving them and they're pampering them. Yes, there's love that a guy needs, but a guy feels love through respect. In the same way that a lady feels respect and respected as she is loved. But her primary need, his primary need, is love and respect. If we won't learn this and be willing to decode and begin to realize the understanding of this, we're going to live on the crazy cycle. We're going to misunderstand each other and we're never going to energize each other. Our marriage will struggle and struggle and struggle a whole lot more. Instead of loving and respecting each other, it becomes a war of who can be the most unloving. I'll show them. I'll teach them. And to see who can be the most disrespectful. If you're on a playground playing with another kid from school, then that can be excused perhaps. But when we're dealing with your marriage, when we're dealing with your futures, come on, it's time that we start maturing up a little bit and realizing we need to stop being so childish and realizing that we're not fighting against an enemy. We're fighting upon against that person who should be our greatest ally, our strength, our helpmeet, the one called us. If we don't watch... We can become so wrongfully offended. Have you ever been offended by your spouse? Come on, have you ever been offended? Was the offense really true or was it you saw pink and blue or you heard pink and blue or you spoke pink and blue? Was the offense really true? Because what happens is when we get so easily offended, then we go in the offensive stance. And we lash out, allowing our feelings to sometimes override the facts. Have you ever allowed your feelings to override the facts? The illustration of a guy that was on a bus and he had his two kids. And while they were traveling somewhere, the kids were going crazy on the bus. And all these other people were sitting around. They were just getting so annoyed because this guy was just looking out of the window. And his kids were running up and down the aisle, screaming and hollering and shouting. And these people were just getting so frustrated. What is this guy's problem? And they were all like looking at each other like, who's going to be the one that speaks? 
And suddenly someone said, sir, do you mind? Your kids are out of control. Do you not know how to discipline your kids? And that guy with a quiet voice looked back at that lady. Happened to be a lady, guys. (laughs) Sorry, just threw that out there. The guy looked back at that lady and said, I apologize, ma'am. You see, we just left the hospital. And the children's mother just passed away. All of a sudden, the frustration, the anger, the feelings, when given the facts, completely changed. Now, instead of feeling that this guy did not know how to discipline his kids. Everyone on that bus wanted to grab them in their arms and hold them and love them. Everyone didn't care how loud they screamed anymore because all of a sudden the situation had changed because they know the facts. How many times in our marriages, in our relationships, can we just go by the feelings and we appear that's what it is, but instead of gathering the facts before we blow up and take things in the wrong way, Instead of being willing to give the benefit of the doubt, we jump so quickly to unrealistic conclusions. And I know you're all going quiet in here today. And I know why you're going quiet in here. Because you've all been there and maybe you're there right now. It's no fun. It's no fun fighting, warring against each other instead of energizing each other, blessing each other and uplifting each other. And you know the crazy thing is, as men... We would rather die for our wives many times than ask for forgiveness. I'm telling you the truth. We would rather die for our wives than ask for forgiveness. But we've got to realize we've got to discover love again. Because we can't live just inflicting wounds into our relationship. Because these wounds that we're talking about, if not healed, will destroy our marriages. Come on, I'm teaching you the truth today. Whether you're shouting me down or not, we're teaching the truth today. We will lose complete sight of all unconditional love. Remember, love's a choice. So is respect. It's a choice. Oh, he needs to earn my respect. What are you doing? You are hurting yourself and your marriage. We need unconditional love. We need unconditional respect. Yes, it's hard to love someone who doesn't respect you. And it's hard to respect someone who does not love you. I know that, but unfortunately, I'm not here to sympathize with you today. Come on, I said I'm not here to sympathize with you today and say poor you because that's not going to help your situation. And that's the problem. We've got so much sympathy going out today instead of people telling them you made a choice you need to love. You made a choice you need to respect. You made a choice you need to honor. Come on. Come on. We must once again unlock each other's hearts by being willing to do whatever It takes to make our marriage a success. Put on your glasses again. Come on, close your right eye. What do you see? Do you still see pink? Come on, do you see pink? Close that left eye. What do you see? Blue. Close that right eye again. You see pink? Can you see her side of the equation? Oh, there's always her side of the story. We can always see that, but then close the other eye. There's his side of the story too. 
But I want you to look at me with both eyes looking at me. And I may look a little bit blurry. But you close the right, you'll see pink. You close the blue or the left, you'll see blue. But if you look with the two, you should see purple. You see, that's how we've got to start looking at life. We've got to start seeing through each other's color. Through each other's eyes. We're not compromising. We're just coming to an agreement and understanding. Take your glasses off. We must understand and see both sides. We must see both of the deepest needs we possess. A lady needs to be loved. A guy needs to be respected. It's no longer good enough just to see it your way. We must begin to discover life their way too. If not, we'll continue on the crazy cycle. Without love, she reacts. Without respect. And without respect, she'll react. All these kind of things. Or without love, he'll react. Without respect. It throws it on that crazy cycle. And if we remain on the crazy cycle, if we don't end in divorce, we may end killing each other. Because that's how serious it is. I don't have this scripture, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 28, it says, when people come together, if two people marry, they have not sinned, the Bible says, but the Bible says they will have trouble. Say that with me, trouble. The Bible says that in your marriage you'll have trouble. Did you know that? That the Bible says that in your marriage you'll have trouble. You'll have circumstances and situations that you're going to have to fight through and work through. But you know one thing I've realized in my life, and that is this, that troubles tend to have a tendency to do something. They tend to make you rise to the challenge, and they tend to bring you together. Have you ever seen a marriage that was in a bad state, and one of them all of a sudden discovered they had terminal cancer? You know what happens most of the times? That marriage comes back together. All of a sudden, what happens? Those silly, petty, foolish things just don't matter anymore because there's a bigger problem that's now in the situation. Through troubles many times, what happens? Financial troubles, it pulls us, it rises us, it pulls us together. Some have labeled troubles as the result of being out of God's will. Well, I'm just out of God's will. I should not have married him. That's one side of the coin, and that is exactly true. If you're out of God's will for your life, there are going to be troubles. But the Bible doesn't say when you're specifically out of God's will, there'll be troubles. The Bible says you haven't sinned and there'll be troubles. So there's the other side of the coin too. And you know why we have troubles in our marriages? It's the fact that two natures are warring against each other for the upper hand. Let me say that one more time. It's two natures that are butting up against each other for the upper hand. Come on, you should be taking notes. Remember what I said last week? It's been proven that those who take notes in church are less likely to go to hell. (laughs) Take notes in church. They told me this week that Walgreens sold out of notebooks from all the people from Heartsease that went to buy new notebooks if we're expecting our marriages to be 100% perfect put on your glasses again close one eye close the other 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 take them off If we're expecting our marriages to be 100% perfect, 
It's a struggle when we're seeing and hearing and speaking through a different colour and maybe even a different language. I'm getting ready to close this morning, but have you ever heard the 80-20 law? Has anyone ever heard the 80-20 law? Basically says that 80% of the people do 20% of the work and 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's one of the analogies. You can thought that they say that 20% of the people in a party will eat 80% of the food. I mean, it works in a lot of things. That 80-20 rule, it's amazing how that is. You know, it even works in church. Unfortunately, that they say that 80% of the people in church give 20% of the tithe. And 20% of people in the church give 80% of the tithe. It's a rule that you can pretty much pencil in across the board and one that I'm sure many of you have heard of before. But I want to present this to you today as we begin to close, and that is this. What if we could apply that 80-20 rule to our marriages? What if we could come to the conclusion or the agreement that 80% of our marriage would be loving and respectful? What if we could come to that place where we'd say 80% of our marriage is just absolute heavenly bliss and incredible? And that we're going to come to the conclusion that 20% is maybe going to be troubles. There's going to be a little tension. There's going to be a little strife. It's going to maybe be little difficulties that we're going to face. But you see, when we live by 100%, that my marriage is going to be 100% perfect. There's never going to be, we're never going to have a harsh word. We're never going to look at each other the wrong way. Oh, it's just going to be wonderful. We're just going to love each other. You're going to be my sugar plum and you're going to be this for the rest of my life. Oh, But you know what happens when we tend to look through unrealistic expectations? That what happens is when we get let down, we begin to allow those letdowns to poison the other 80% of good. That we begin to allow that disappointment just to spill into the whole marriage and to begin to destroy everything that could have been enjoyed. In other words, the bad can carry over into the good times and can ruin them. As we'll discover next week, we're going to talk. A husband says when there's a problem or there's an issue, a husband says, would you just drop it? Would you just stop nagging me? Just drop it. It's over. A woman can't drop a situation. And all the guys said, "Amen." amen. A wife cannot let go of it. Why? Because just dropping a situation to her is not resolution to the situation. And all the women said... And all the women are beating their husbands and saying, would you listen in church? And people like Miss Mona and others are saying, if only my husband was here with me in church today. But the lady cannot move on beyond that which is unresolved. Because you know why? She'll begin to feel that her husband is mad at her. That he doesn't want to talk about it, leave me alone. And she begins to think that he's secretly mad at her. And that's not the case. But why is it pink, blue, pink, blue, pink, blue, pink, blue, pink, blue, pink, blue? See, hear, speak. Listen to this. Ladies, what would happen in your marriage if, as the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, verse 8, 1 Peter 4, verse 8 says this, Love covers a multitude of sins. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Ladies, what do you think would happen if your marriage, if you would let love cover the multitude of sins. That's scriptural, number one. That is, if you overlooked the 20% of those things your husband did that felt unloving to you and gave him the benefit of the doubt that he doesn't realize what he's doing because he isn't learning or hasn't learned to decode your needs properly. 
Ladies, what would happen to your marriages? Guys, what would happen to our marriages? If we followed Proverbs 12, verse 16, and it says, A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. In other words, a prudent man is one who plans carefully ahead of time, is sensible and thinks, and what does he do? He conceals or covers dishonor. So instead of thinking that everything's disrespectful, everything's dishonoring me, what would happen, guys, if we followed that proverb and that was to overlook the 20% of those things that your wife did that perhaps felt disrespectful to you? You see, in accepting the 20% of trouble, you know what's going to happen? We're going to enjoy the 80% a whole lot more. Do you agree? Now listen, I don't want you to say, well, pastor says we're going to have 20% of the problems. We're going to be fighting 20% of the time. So we're going to work it out. That means for five hours and 29 seconds, we're going to be fighting this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 20% of 80. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pastor didn't say that. Pastor was just using a simple law or a simple rule to show you and to demonstrate for you. Because our goal in our marriages is not 80%. But let me also say this. Our goal in our marriages needs to be realistic so it's not destroying all the other. And all the other goods. Put on your glasses again. As you put on your glasses today, I want to ask you a question. What do you see? Some of you perhaps closed that right eye because that was what I first told you to do. Some of you closed that left. Some of you haven't closed your eyes. As you put on your glasses today, what do you see? Because you know when we close one eye, what we do is we shut the other one out. We basically say that we don't want that perspective. We don't want that viewpoint. We don't want that. This is what I'm going to see. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be. And we know that that's not God's plan for our marriages. Quickly, just one more time, close your right eye. Can you see pink today or red? You know why red is so important too when we talk about marriage in male and female? Because we see something so important in marriage that God uses the same analogy for the church, that we are his bride, that we come together. As you close that right eye and you see pink, you know what I want you to also see today? The symbolism of a loving Savior. One who came and lived and offered his life up for us, that shed his blood that we may live. We see in pink or in red, we see a loving Savior. Close your left eye and we'll see through blue. But what do we see through blue? What does blue symbolize? Blue symbolizes royalty. That one day God, our Savior, our loving Heavenly Father, is going to return as King of Kings and He's going to return as Lord of Lords. But this time He's not returning as the loving Savior. But this time He's returning as our righteous judge. To judge humanity. To judge us. Of our sins. Pink. Blue. Can you see that in the differences. How important it is. Because if we don't have the pink. We'll never be ready to face the judge. Because if we don't have the blood. If we don't have. The forgiveness. 
will never make the standard that he has for us. You can take your glasses off. I know today I've talked about love and respect. Pink and blue in our relationships to our marriages. But the greatest love of all was the love of our Savior. That when we look at each other and our differences, can we also understand that God made us that way? That together we complement? Together we're not wrong, but that we're just different? Together we need to learn to decode because we spell love and we spell respect differently. A lady spells love, C-O-U-P-L-E. And no, I'm not a bad speller like Miss Roxanne. He spells it C-O-U-P-L-E. I love you, Miss Roxanne. I'm sorry. But it's, her husband or a wife spells love as C-O-U-P-L-E. You know what that is? Closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, and esteem. A guy spells respect C-H-A-I-R-S. Chairs. Conquest, hierarchy, authority, insight, relationship, and sex. That's how a guy spells respect. That's how a girl spells love. Not wrong, but just different. We may not have it all together in our earthly relationships, but we're going to work on that. We may be on that crazy cycle that without respect, we're going to act without love. And without love, she's going to act without respect. And bam, 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 bam. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. But there's a greater need today, and that's our relationship with God. You see, if you don't have the red and accept Him as Lord and Savior, you'll experience the blue as judgment and eternal damnation. But together they complement each other and produce a lasting happiness and eternal love. That's love. As I said, next week we're going to discover how to spell love and how to spell respect His way, her way. We're not wrong, we're just different. But don't worry. When it comes to your relationship with Christ, don't be wrong. I said, when it comes to your relationship with Christ, don't be wrong. Because if you're wrong, you're going to be indifferent. Remember, not wrong, just different. But if we are wrong, we're going to be indifferent. We've had some fun this morning and hopefully trying to present to you the fact. And I want you to keep those glasses and bring them back for next week because we're going to conclude our message next week. So put them in that Bible or that notebook and bring them back with you next week. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Yeah.